Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Laws and Grace. I'm Laws. I'm Grace. And today we're here with our guest, Tessa. And we are so excited for this amazing episode. I'm way excited to have Tessa here. Tessa is one of my favorite people on the planet, and I'm not exaggerating. Um, so she's going to talk to us today about her experience summoning the grand, which we're super excited. So thanks for joining us today, Tessa. Yeah, thanks for having me. Super excited to be here. So just by way of introduction, Tessa is originally from Kaysville, um, but her and her husband are currently living in Bellingham, Washington. You guys love doing anything outdoors. You've been doing a lot of backpacking lately. Um, and one of the things, I think one of the very first things I met, knew about you was that you're a big runner. Um, you're always out for run for fun or training for some kind of race. Um, and you said you've, you've done a few ultras and you have the goal to break a three hour marathon. That is incredible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's a big goal, but it's something that I want to hopefully do one day. So it's on my it's on my bucket list of running achievements. I think you'll do it. You've got it. So you were previously working for Usenet. Do you want to spend just a quick minute and tell us a little bit about Usenet and what you were doing there? Yeah, so Usenet is a nonprofit organization, and basically we serve foster youth and their families. And I was a case manager um, where my specific role was to help foster students with their education. So basically you could just call me kind of like a private counselor for the foster students. Um, a social worker would refer me to work with their youth and I would just help them with their high school credits, make sure that they were on track to graduate. And then once they did graduate high school, um, I would help them either apply to college, a trade school, an apprenticeship. So yeah, that's a little bit about what I did at YouthNet. I'm like, we could spend a whole you know, podcast talking about, about that. Um, but you recently um, left that so you could go back to school to get a teaching certificate um, as an ESL teacher. Is that correct? Yes, that's correct. So I left YouthNet this summer and now I am in um, an online program to get my teaching license so that I will be able to teach in Washington State. And it's a year-long program. So by next fall, I should be teaching ESL. So that's the goal. That's so awesome, Tessa. That's so awesome. You, have, you do have a way with like working with the youth. And I love this. In your bio, you wrote, Working with sassy youth is my passion. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to lie. Youth can definitely be quite sassy, but I feel like that's just kind of my calling in life. I really enjoy working with youth. And so I'm going to continue down that route. And yeah, youth are the best. That's so awesome. Um, but perhaps one of my favorite things from your bio is this. I love this. You said, one day I dreamed to be to enroll in a forestry program program that will allow me to be a forest stranger in the summer <laughs> and you're like and I have to be a ranger in Yellowstone tell me a little bit about that yeah so basically I told Danny that my dream is when he retires and when I retire I want to be a camp host 
in Yellowstone where our main role is pretty much just in the morning to ride around on our little golf carts and make sure that everything's running smoothly in the camp. <laughs> and I think if I get there, then I'll have it all. So that's definitely <laughs> on my list that I want to do um, when Danny and I have the time to do that together. And Danny doesn't know if he's on board, but I think he'll he'll grow into the idea. <laughs> <laughs> as long as you can get him to wear the little ranger outfit. Absolutely. <laughs> I feel like you could pull that off actually. Oh, Grace, I'm flattered. Like, that's a huge compliment because I love their outfits. <laughs> I truly do. I wish, like, I would wear that daily. You have no idea, so. <laughs> that's awesome. Well, thanks, Tessa, for giving a little bit of your time today um, to share kind of a recent experience that you went through. So um, you recently had the opportunity to summit the the Grand, right? Was it the Grand? Yes. Sean? Yes, the Grand Teton. Okay. Um, and, and I invited you to be on this podcast because when you're telling me your story, I feel like there were so many elements to your experience that I just felt like, one, were funny and relatable, but also encouraging. And there was a little bit of kind of like almost a spiritual aspect there. And then this just like mental and physical overcoming aspect. And I, I just think it's kind of a fun story, especially, you know, being... Um, you know, a woman and doing difficult things. So once again, thank you so much for, for, you know, spending your time with us to share your story. And uh, with that, I guess we can kind of jump in. Boz, do you have anything? No, I'm excited to hear the story. Okay. So, so Tessa, tell us a little bit first, just to get started um, about maybe like set the stage for like, summiting the, 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 the Grand Teton for those who aren't, you know, mountaineers or um, what, tell us a little bit about this, uh, this accomplishment here. Yeah, so I believe that the Grand Teton, so it's located in Jackson Hole, Wyoming, and I believe it's the second highest peak in Wyoming. Um, I actually don't know what the highest peak is, but I have read <laughs> that the Teton is the second highest. And I don't know if you knew this, but I actually tried to summit the Grand Teton in 2015 and didn't make it because a storm came in. And so in 2015, um, I went with my mom and with also um, two of my aunts and two of my uncles and we hired a guide and we made it to the upper saddle. So very close to the summit and a storm came in um, last minute. So we had to turn around. And so this was kind of something that I always had on my mind just because I'd gotten so close to summit um, previously and didn't quite make it. And so this summer, um, I wasn't planning on climbing the Tetons at all. It just, because like, it just wasn't on my radar. And my mom called me one day and she goes, hey, she goes, I was planning on summiting the Tetons this summer and I have hired two guides and I was planning on going with two of my guy friends, but I have been sick and I don't think that my body's going to be fully recovered um, by the time the date comes. And so do you want to take my place? And so without even skipping a beat, I said, absolutely, like absolutely I am in. And so I bought a plane ticket from Seattle to Jackson Hole, Wyoming. And a couple of weeks later, um, I was in Jackson Hole and preparing to climb the Tetons. So that's just kind of, 
I guess, is that kind of all you want to know with the setup of the story? Yeah, no, that's, that's awesome. So you basically kind of, you tried it a couple of years ago, but wasn't able to make it because of weather. And then you got this invite kind of spur of the moment from your mom to go do it. So who's, so who's all in your, your crew? So tell us a little bit about your crew and what that's like, you know, the prep work, cause you have to get there a few days before and stuff. It's not like you're just going on a hike, right? Like, yeah, there's, there's, there's yeah. more to this than just hiking. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. So um, there, like I mentioned, it was two of my mom's friends and then two guides um, from the Exum Mountain Guides. And a little bit of a backstory behind the Exum Mountain Guides is they're like the old, they're one of the oldest mountaineering guides, I'm pretty sure in the United States. And so that's just who we were going through. Um, and so I did have to arrive in Jackson Hole, Wyoming three days before we climbed because they require you to do like a day class just to make sure that you feel comfortable like in ropes and like you do a rock climbing section and they kind of just teach you how to use like secure footing. And so, yeah, like um, I guess we did some practicing and I got to know the men <laughs> that I was going to climb with. I'm not going to lie. I felt a little intimidated climbing a mountain with men that I did not know. Um, but once I was able to do kind of the practice day with all of them, I felt really comfortable around them. They were all really nice. And so, um, yeah, that's kind of the beginning of, um, I guess, the adventure before we started up for the climb. So that's pretty amazing because I don't like to do just about anything in front of people I don't know. So imagining like doing something incredibly physically hard. Um, that's very impressive. Yes, for sure. And okay, I'm not going to lie. I'm going to tell you this and you guys can edit this out. But funny enough, one of the biggest, like something that I was stressing over was, so something about mountaineering is you have to pack everything out and that includes poop. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was stressing so hard about like needing to go to the bathroom and like just telling like those four other men, like I have to go to the bathroom. And like, so I took an emodium and there were no problems. <laughs> and a lot of my stress went away because of that, which is so funny. But anyways, that was something that was making me pretty stressed, which is so funny, but anyways. <laughs> no, that's, that's a real, that's a real valid fear right there. Especially cause it's like, you're with people you don't know doing something that could be pretty challenging and you're just like the last thing you want to do is be like I'm high can you pull over I gotta go to the bathroom and I'm gonna need a shovel yeah right I don't know yeah I felt like that was too embarrassing but anyway so a tip if anyone ever climbs a mountain and they're stressed about that that's a little tip I'm not saying it's like healthy for you but it worked for me so (laughs) do what you gotta do exactly We started at midnight and we started at the Lupine Meadow Trailhead. And basically we hiked all through the night and we hiked um, past Garnet Canyon and past the meadows. And I actually am curious, Grace, have you, have you made it to the meadows before? Lupine Meadows? Yeah. Is that what you're talking about? No, like the meadows, like, like the meadows. It's like, that's the title of, um, it's, it's about 3000 feet up from, um, the Lupine Meadow Trailhead. So I was curious if you've ever been up to that section before. 
I don't think so. I, okay. I've spent, I, I'll, I have a story about Lupine Meadows, but I'll save that for another day. I spent a lot of time <laughs> in Lupine Meadows and it wasn't, a, it wasn't a fun day. Um, but I, I, have, I have a question though, Tessa. So as you're hiking, are you carrying, you're carrying a pack, right? So like how yes. much weight, like, what are you carrying? Yes. So basically we're carrying, um, all of our food and the water is about like our camel pack is about halfway filled just because there's lot water along the way and you can take a water filter. So you don't have to have like a full liter. Um, and then you have ropes and you have your helmet in your backpack because you don't need your helmet at this point. And then basically you just have your outer layers that you'll need to wear once it gets colder, the higher you climb. And so, yeah, you're basically just carrying your food and gear and water with you. So it's, it's quite a bit of weight, honestly. Yeah. You're hauling how a lot of stuff you, up. Yeah. I was like, how much do you think they're packed with? Good question. Um, I don't know. It probably weighed 10 pounds. Okay. But like not horrible, but yeah, yeah, that's like not pounds. yeah. So anyways, so once we pass the meadows, um, then things kind of start to get more real. So that takes you up to the lower saddle. And here's the thing, by the time you get to the lower saddle, you've already climbed 5,000 feet. Like it's a, it's quite a journey just to even get there. And so once we got to the lower saddle, it was about early morning. Um, so we got there, we ate a bit of food. We put on some of our layers to keep us warm because at that point it was pretty cold just because we had climbed so much um, elevation. And then, yeah, this is where it starts to get intense. So once we leave the lower saddle, it's about 2000 more feet of pretty much scrambling up to get to the top of the Grand Teton. And the route that we took was um, Owen Spaulding. And that's, that's the standard route. Um, if you don't really want to rock climb, um, you're still scrambling up over rocks, but it's not too technical. Um, you still have to be roped in just out of safety, but that's the route that we ended up taking. And so this is where the stories start to happen because this is where it gets pretty intense. So do you want me just to keep telling the story? Yeah. Yeah. Lauren, do you have any, any thoughts? No. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Keep going. You're doing great. Okay. So the, okay. And at this point I have to um, clarify and I'm going to start using names now because so one of the friends, um, so like I mentioned, there were two um, of my mom's guy friends and then two guides. And one of the guy friends actually got really sick. Um, the altitude got to him. So the, by the time he got to the lower saddle, he was just done. Like there was no way he could continue on. So one of the guides had to take him back. So now it's just me and I'm going to start using names. Gabe, who's the guide, and then Ryan, who's the friend. So it's just us, us three at this point um, making our way up to the, to the summit. And so the first technical part um, was the barrel, barrel roll. And have you guys heard of that before? I'll explain mm -hmm. what that is. Yeah, explain. Yeah, why don't you go ahead and explain it? Okay. So the barrel roll is like, it's called the belly crawl section. And basically this section involves an 18 inch ledge where you have to crawl over the edge and shimmy over. And 
use the ledge as a handhold. And it's not necessarily hard or technical. It's just super like intimidating because you are so exposed. And so I went over this barrel, barrel roll. I was not graceful when I did it. I just pretty much hauled my butt over and like shimmied across and it didn't look pretty, but that was kind of the first really scary section that I was like, oh my gosh, like here we go. And so also something that I want to add, it had snowed the previous night resulting in ice. And this is a climb that there's a reason why people do it in the summer is because you don't want to do it with ice and snow. And at this point, a lot of people, a lot of groups were turning around because it was getting a little dicey. And our guide, Gabe, just kind of kept asking Ryan and I, he was really great and really communicative. He just kept saying, okay, how do you guys feel? I want you guys to know that it's going to be more challenging because of the ice. But if you guys feel comfortable, like I feel confident that you two are strong enough to get up. And Ryan and I were like, we're getting up. <laughs> and something that I've heard is like, not that I've done a ton of mountaineering, but they call it like the like summit fever where, and I, I think I got the summit fever or like in my head, I'm like, I'm getting to the top no matter what, like nothing is going to stop me. And so with the ice and snow that definitely slowed down our time. And we really had to just make sure we had like really stable footing. And so this is where it gets really intense. So once we went past the barrel, barrel roll, um, it wasn't, like I said, too hard, but it was just kind of spooky because of the exposure. So then we had to go up the double chimney. And what the double chimney is, is it's basically like a chute that you have to climb up through. And on a normal day without snow or ice, it's not too complicated or technical, but because of the ice, so Gabe, the, our guide went first and the only way to get up this chimney was to pretty much shove just your legs and arms into cracks because you couldn't grip anything. And our guide got his foot stuck in one of the cracks for like a good five minutes. And Ryan and I were just like looking up and we're like, oh my gosh, like if our guide gets stuck, we won't, we don't know what to do. Like he's our ticket down. But Gabe was able to get his foot unstuck and then it was my turn. And I just looked at Ryan and I'm like, I, I don't think I have the strength to do this, but I feel like I just have to just do it. And Ryan's like, go for it. So I started to climb up. <laughs> and I will tell you guys like I did not have the strength to do it like it was so hard and just kind of a backstory so my grandpa Brown he passed away last December so he had been um he had been dead for like six months by the time I was climbing the Grand Teton and I remember out loud, like a, a crazy person, I was like, Grandpa B, give me the strength to get up this chimney. Like, I do not have the like physical ability to get up this chimney. And like, I kid you not, like, I just felt this like energy come like through my body and I was able to like hoist myself up. And, oh, and another thing, something that I said to myself, like I whispered, I was like, Tessa, don't be a little bitch. Like, don't be a little bitch. And I said that like over and over again. <laughs> 
<laughs> and I don't know why that came to my mind, but it did. And the next thing I knew, I was like hauling my ass like up, like over the ledge. And Gabe was like, yeah, like you made it. He's like, I didn't think you would make it. And I was like, what is going on? Like, what is happening? And then sure enough, like Ryan, like barely got his butt up, like through the chimney as well. And then Gabe and I were cheering Ryan on and we're like, yeah, Ryan, like, you did it. And so it was just one of those like moments in my life that it was so cool to feel connected to my grandpa Brown. Like we were super close and like to my dying day, like I know my grandpa B was there and like, he gave me the strength to get up that chimney. So that was like a super cool experience. That's amazing. That's so neat. If I had seen the guide get his foot stuck, I would have been like, I'm not going <laughs> to. Yeah, I was I was yeah. terrified when I saw that. I was like, okay, like this is getting real. Well, it just shows how cool you are. You're just like, nope, don't be a little bitch. Get up there. <laughs> I know. I think one thing that might be interesting to share too is like your grandpa was very outdoorsy, right? Like, and you, like, is that correct? Like, he was isn't he kind of the one that got you kind of into this kind of stuff? Definitely, my grandpa Brown was like a modern day explorer and he loved hiking and just being outside and I guess to kind of expand um when I got to the top of that chimney and when I was waiting for Ryan to climb um it was just quiet and I was looking just like on top of all these mountains because I was already really high and like I just felt so close to like my grandpa and it was such an amazing experience and something that I would just express to the listeners is like if they ever like like have lost a loved one just go out in nature and just like think about them in your heart and like I can promise you like you'll feel closer to that person just by being like out in nature it's just it's such a healing place and so just to have that experience, like almost just, it just made that whole trip worth it to like have that connection with my grandpa and just really just feel him right next to me. That's really beautiful. No, I, I agree. I feel like there's something about being in nature that connects you to loved ones and the divine. I, I don't know. There's something about nature that really has a healing heart. Absolutely. So keep going. So you get to the top, okay. you finally get your, your, your bum over the cliff. Yeah. So I get to the top of double chimney and that was the hardest part. So once I get to the top of that chimney, there are smaller chimneys that we have to go up, but by all means, like they're not even half as hard as that section. And so we end up getting Can you to explain? Oh yeah. Can you explain uh, like what a chimney is for those that aren't familiar? Like what, what is that like the terrain? Yeah. Honestly, the best way to explain it is basically like a tunnel. Like if you look up, <laughs> it's like kind of like, let me think. Okay, let me think of the best way to explain it. A tunnel is a good way to put it. Um, and on a normal day, chimneys like aren't too complicated, or at least this chimney was it, because you could kind of like stair step up with like rocks on either side, if that makes sense, just to like get your way to the top. But the reason why it was so difficult that day was because it was iced over. But yeah, that's kind of the Are best. Are you like rock climbing or are you just literally like scrambling up? Yeah, that's, that's like a good way to put it. I was basically rock climbing. Like I was rock okay. climbing at that point um, because 
yeah, like I was using rocks on like both sides of like my feet and like my hands to kind of go up through that tunnel to get to the top of that chimney, if that makes sense. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So anyways, um, so we get to the top and we didn't stay up there long just because it was pretty cold that day. Um, I don't know. By the time I got to the top, I'm not going to lie. Like I was so high on adrenaline. I like don't really remember the top as well because I was so focused on just getting to the top, if that makes sense. Like, I feel like I just got such a high off of going up that chimney section that by the time I got to the top, I was like, oh, I like I was more proud that I got up that section rather than getting to the top itself. Does that make sense? Yeah. 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 But it was really cool. I do remember looking down and just seeing like, all these kind of hidden lakes and just it was really amazing just to like recognize that I had climbed so high just above all these other mountain peaks and just really appreciate the like earth's beauty and so it was just a really cool feeling to get to the top and just know that like your body is what got you there so I felt I felt pretty proud once once I was up there I was on my adrenaline was running and I didn't feel any pain or coldness or hunger because my brain was just like so excited. I feel like that's symbolic for like the hard things in our lives. Like you remember like how strong you were in those things more than like getting what you wanted or, or whatever. Absolutely. Yeah. I absolutely agree with you. I think that's interesting because like, Often I feel like, you know, whether it's like a physical activity or like a, a mental struggle that you're like trying to overcome, right? There's this emphasis on like, well, once you get to the top, once you get to the top, it'll be worth it or whatever. So I thought it was interesting how you're like, when you got to the top, you're like, I don't really remember it as much as I like remember the journey up. You know, it's like that cliche saying, right? It's not the destination, it's the journey, right? Like, but oh, that, yeah. that is interesting. Cause it's like, I feel like we put so much emphasis on like, the end result will be really great but it's like and it is but sometimes you might have little experiences along the way that that trump kind of that what's what's the word the finale or whatever I don't know I just like what you said there yeah yeah absolutely and the funny thing is is climbing to the top wasn't the hard part coming down was so much more harder for me and I can start to go and to the details there that's when like I really had to emotionally and mentally push myself was the coming down section yeah tell us about that okay so at this point so we made it to the top and it was Gabe me and Ryan and I knew Gabe was in control the whole time but like personally I felt like I could tell that he felt a little, I don't want to use the word nervous, but I could tell he, he got pretty serious that he knew it was up to him to get me and Ryan down. And with only him, I knew that it was going to take a lot of effort for Gabe because like he had to deal with all the ropes. And on top of that, it was super icy and snowy. So that was just going to add a whole extra level of just kind of safety and precaution. And so Gabe actually reached out to another group who were on top of the mountain as well. Um, like, I think there were two other guides and they also had some clients. 
And Gabe asked him, he said, Hey, he goes, it's just me. I have like two clients with me. Can we like hook up with your group? Because I just feel more comfortable. So I was super glad that Gabe did like reach out. Cause I could kind of tell he was kind of like, Oh boy, like, here we go. And so we hooked up with another group and we started to make our way down. And I think the reason why going down was so much more scary for me is because you can see the cliffs the whole way down. So I think when you're going up, you just kind of have that vision of like, oh, I'm going to make it to the top. And you kind of have that like summit fever, like I mentioned, and you're looking upwards. So you're not really looking behind you and seeing these huge cliffs. And so the whole way down, just like seeing that, I think it just kind of messes with you, or at least it messed with me. And so on the way down, there are two repelling sections. And I absolutely hate repelling. Um, have either of you ever like done any repels before? I'm curious. Yeah, I've done I a have. Lot of it. Okay. What do you guys, do they make you nervous or do you guys feel okay? Like with the ropes and like stepping off the ledge, like, do you guys not it's, mind it? It's definitely scary. Cause you're like, even no matter how safely you like rig it up, you're still like, this could go poorly in just a second. You know, it's just this rope holding me. I feel like for me, the hardest part is just getting started. Like, like it's fun. You get all hooked up and stuff and you're like, okay, I'm going to do this. And then it's just that you've got to take that initial, like, okay, I got to just like walk off this cliff. Cause your mind's thinking like, no, you probably shouldn't do that. But like, once I get started, it's okay. But getting started hard. Absolutely. So what you guys both just said. So just when I had to take that first step off that ledge and it was like thousands of feet just below and not, the rappel itself, I think was like a hundred feet. Um, but I remember doing the first rappel and I was so nervous and I was trying to like emotionally keep it together because at this point we had already connected with the other group and it was all men. So I'm like, no, like I'm not going to be the one who starts to like get really emotional and I'm going to keep it together. And before I stepped off the ledge, I like kind of had a little freak out moment and I like got really close to my guide, Gabe. And Gabe told me, he's like, you're in my grill, Tessa, back off. So that was kind of funny. <laughs> and I think I was in his grill. I got like too close to him because I, I don't know if I wanted to be comforted or what. I don't know what I was doing. So anyway, so I took that first step off. And when I started to repel, it was worse than I thought. So like, usually when you do hard things and you like start to accomplish it, you're like, oh, like that wasn't as bad. But for some reason, my mind just, it took it very negatively and I hated it. Like I was so nervous, like the whole way down, I was just like, just feeling really like just freaked out and I hated it. And so by the time I got down on the first repel, I like knew that I had the second repel. And so we get out ready for the second repel and Gabe goes first and then Ryan goes. And so then I kind of feel like my two supports are gone because I kind of like felt like I bonded with those two. And so like, I looked at all the other men like up on the ledge and I'm just like, and I'm like trying not to cry, but they could tell I'm kind of choking up. I'm like, my husband said this was just a hike. Like, this is not <laughs> a hike. And they're like laughing. <laughs> and they're like, you tell your husband, this is not just a hike. Like, this is legit. And I'm like, okay. And then like, I just like backed off and I just have to tell both of you. Okay. And I hope you guys can beat this out, but this just makes the story. So like in the most like sophisticated, calm way, when I stepped off for the second repel, I was like, 
And like, I just said that the whole way down. And like all the other guys were just like laughing. Like they probably thought I was so insane, but I can tell both of you. And like, I'm not a, like, like, I don't really curse a ton, but those words got me to the bottom. (laughs) Absolutely. Like that was the only way that I was going to do that second repel after I felt like my mind had like completely just hit rock bottom. And so Like I got down the second repel and that was a huge accomplishment for me. You know, I think that's great. So, you know, everybody has like their affirmations or the things they say to get them through stuff. And that was yours. (laughs) Basically, we like made our way down, got to the lower saddle. And then when we got to the meadows, um, my mom was there and she was waiting with a nice cold Coke. And that was like one of my favorite parts of the day was to see my mom and then she hikes down the rest of the way with us. And so, yeah, it was just a great ending um, to a really epic day. And it was absolutely amazing. And would I do it again? Absolutely. That's so awesome. And kudos to your mom. Like, there's nothing better than getting down from a big hike or something and there's like some delicious snacks that you're like yes (laughs) yeah it was it was pretty great it was awesome I want to hear kind of what your experience was like being the only female like you're you're tough like you're a tough woman you know and you like to do hard things and things like that but being around a group of guys doing this tell me what was what was that like for you yeah, I think that's actually a really, um, really great question. So for me, um, I felt really proud of myself um, and I felt very capable. And something that was really great about kind of the group I was in is I felt like all those men were just so respectful and like they could tell that I was a little bit nervous, but like every single one of them was just like, like, you're so great. And like, you're so strong. And like, you're so tough. And I just really appreciated just kind of those men just really making me feel comfortable and welcome. And I just proved to myself that like, as a woman, that like, I'm very strong and capable. And I want to give a little shout out to my dad, just how I was raised my dad never expected like anything less from myself where I had an older brother. And anytime my dad took my brother out to go do anything active or hard, he would take me to and expect me to do it with my brother. And so I just feel very lucky that I came from a father who just was like, go do it. Like, it doesn't matter. Like if you're a girl, (laughs) like you're going to do this with your brother. And I feel like I've definitely carried that mindset with me throughout my life where like as a woman I have felt like just as strong and capable as like any man so yeah it was pretty cool to kind of be in that setting and just like I said just prove to myself that like I can be there and I can do this and I did do it but then I also really appreciated those men being very respectful of me and like making sure that I was okay and it was like they were very is the word chivalrous yeah yeah that that word and I just really appreciated that because my dad like taught me to be tough but then my dad also like taught me that like a man should like make sure you always feel safe 
and comfortable. And I would say that all those mountaineering men definitely made me feel like safe and comfortable. So I really appreciated that as well. This is a random question, but what did you eat while you were hiking? I ate goose (laughs) and I ate shot blocks that are pretty much like a gummy, like with sugar. And I had bars and I ate that for like 12 hours. (laughs) But I, I kind of forgot to eat for a lot of it because my mind, I guess how to explain it is like when you're in a situation where it's kind of life or death and not saying that like I was in any real danger, but your brain thinks it is right. Like you're on the side of a mountain, you're like super exposed, there's cliffs all around you. So your brain is just hyper aware. And it's this really, it's, I actually don't think I've ever experienced this feeling before, this feeling before. And it's kind of hard to describe, but basically all of your physical needs go out the window. So like, I felt like I didn't ever have to like go to the bathroom that day. I didn't have to eat. I didn't have to drink. And like, by all means you should, because like your body needs fuel and all that. But at the same time, my brain was so hyper-focused about like keeping myself like safe and making sure that my footing was really stable. I, I truly did not think about my physical needs because my mental like just, just took over everything. And I don't think I've ever experienced that before in my life. Like for hours on end, I could only think about like what was around me and just only pay attention to like my brain telling me you're on the side of a mountain, like you better watch out or else you're going to die. That's probably how our ancestors felt (laughs) all the time. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Running from cyber tigers and stuff. Yeah. So that was kind of an interesting experience. I mean, that makes sense though. Like when, even when you're focused on something less scary, sometimes it's easy to forget to eat and forget all that stuff. So it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, I think that's true. Like sometimes the mental, when you're so focused on something mentally, just the physical needs go out the door and, and you got to find the balance. Cause I mean, and that's kind of one of those activities that, like you said, you have to fuel, you have to take care of your physical needs as well as your, you know, being mentally aware of the situation. But I feel like a lot of times it's kind of switched. You're so focused on your physical needs, but sometimes you forget your mental needs. So it's kind of interesting that like, in a physical activity like that, you're so focused on the mental aspect of it. Yeah. But what is it about mountaineering that you are drawn to? Yeah, that's a great question. So I think for myself, I am a bit of a romantic where I feel like mountaineering really does kind of offer that like true adventure spirit. So when I got to know Gabe, my guide, I was asking him a lot of questions and just the stories he was telling me just sounded right out of like a storybook, you know, like we talked about Shackleton and like Lewis and Clark and all these like olden day explorers. And just to hear Gabe, um, my guides, like today's story, like the modern day stories, I just fell in love with just kind of the experiences that he's been able to have um, from mountaineering And just kind of another like aspect that I like to tap into is there's just something about just pushing yourself like in a physical, like emotional level. And 
the next day I got probably the highest like endorphin high that I've ever had in my life. And I just felt so proud of myself. And I'm like, oh my goodness, like I need to do this again. Like it was so amazing and just, I feel so accomplished. And so I think just ultimately, I just love the spirit of mountaineering. I think um, I see mountaineers almost as superheroes. I just, I see them as really brave people who just are like ready to take on like a huge physical and emotional challenge. And I think it just kind of pushes you to the next like element of just one of the highest achievements, at least for me. Like, I think we all like can look at things differently and, but just in my mindset, when it comes to mountaineering, I think that's kind of what draws me to that specific sport. Do you have any plans for any future peaks? Um, as of now, I think my like future plan is to first start with a mountaineering course. Um, so like intro to mountaineering. And so I actually reached out to my dad a couple of weeks ago. And so my, my dad's in, so he wants to do this with me, but in Washington, there's a lot of kind of like intro mountaineering, like peaks just all around. And so Mount Baker is like a great um, peak just because like you can do training on it and it's safe and it's like a great intro um, mountain to climb. And so next summer I plan on taking uh, intro to mountaineering and the mountain that we would climb for the class is Mount Baker, which is just like in my backyard. So that's, that's on my list. So it's what I'm going to do next summer for sure. So cool. Yeah. So anyways, I love it. I feel like it's something that I want to definitely do more of. Um, we actually have a like Alpine club that's like right by my house. And like, honestly, I've like wanted to walk over there and just like introduce myself and just be like, hi, my name's Tessa. Like, I want to be all of your guys's friend, but I, I don't know. I just can't do that. Cause that seems weird, but I just feel like it's just like this amazing club that I want to be a part of. So maybe one day. <laughs> yeah, you should do it. If you can climb that mountain and that, then um, you can go make friends with people. You're right. But thanks for the encouragement. Maybe I will just walk my butt over and just be like, I want to be a part of your guys' club. So maybe I will just walk over and just see what their little shop has to offer. Yeah. What would you say was your biggest takeaway from this experience? Yeah. So the next day when I got on the plane to fly back to Seattle, I listened to this song, um, it's called, let me think, what is it called? Ah, uh, let me see. Oh, it's called A Real Hero by Electric Youth. And there's a line in the song that says, a real human being and a real hero. And I'm not claiming that I'm a hero <laughs> at all, but just kind of the point, of just kind of like that song and sharing the lyrics is I like absolutely believe like that as human beings and like as we conquer life and try to be brave, like we all display a little bit of heroism within ourselves. And after climbing that mountain, I just realized that I'm a little bit braver than I think I am. And that just maybe in my like day-to-day -day life, I can be like a hero just in my own little way. And 
so that's something that I took away was just, I think human beings are amazing. And I think we all have a little bit of heroism within ourselves. I like that. I like that a lot. Yeah, I like that. Well, Tessa, as we wrap up, uh, what is something you wish people knew? I would tell people just to go for it. I would say to take a risk. Um, I think in any aspect of your life, I think with a job or with a new hobby, or even like Lauren was saying, just making a new friend, I think you truly have nothing to lose. You know, like the worst that could happen is like, maybe it doesn't work out, but I've just gotten to the point in my life where I'm like, would I rather have the mindset of like, what if, or would I rather have the mindset of like, I tried, it didn't work. Oh, well, I'll move on to the next like little risk that I want to take in my life. So I think it was a risk for me to climb this mountain because I was very nervous to do it. Um, I was pretty intimidated. I feel like internally I'm, I'm a pretty scared person, but this has just proved to me that taking that risk has like pushed me just pushed me in a way that lets me see that I am capable and then I could do hard things. So that's what I would want people to know. Yeah, hopefully my story made sense. I feel like I just kind of kept talking and telling the story. So sometimes when I just start telling, hopefully it makes sense. And if not, you guys can like ask me to explain a certain part again <laughs> later. No, it was great because I think I have like heard about the Tetons and it's like I have this image in my mind that's like, oh yeah, it's like a nice hike. And so having you explain it, it's like, oh yeah, it's a nice hard hike. Um, puts really puts oh. it in perspective. I think too, it's important to like, you can go do like hikes around the Tetons. Like, so I do that, like usually every summer with my sister, we like, you know, hike up and go around and stuff like that. But you actually summited, meaning you like went to the peak, the top, the highest point of the, of the Tetons. And I, and like, that is not something many people have done, which I think is awesome that you've done it almost twice, once and a half. <laughs> yeah. Grace, so. let's do it. Well, this should be on your bucket list. We'll, we'll do it. We'll get a guide. I don't know if I, could, should... get my little, I, know if I could get my butt over that, that uh, chimney. <laughs> on, on a non-icy day, on a non-icy day, 100%. Like that just was more intense, but we could get Gabe because shout out to Gabe. He was like the best climbing guide ever. He was amazing. And you could absolutely do it. All right, you might you might have to like push me up, but I I go. <laughs> I wouldn't say no if the opportunity presented itself. I'm too stupid to say no. <laughs> no, you're too adventurous. That's yeah, good. yeah, it'd be fun. Let's do it, Tessa. Let's plan something. Okay, we'll do it. Be on our on our bucket list. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing your story with us and your insights, the things that you've learned. And I, I think that's kind of, I think it's a neat story that not only like, did you just say yes to the opportunity, but you had that really neat experience with your grandpa Brown. And, you know, you said several times throughout your story that like, you were so proud of yourself. And I, and I think you should be, I think you should be proud of yourself for trying, for accomplishing it and 
for just for the for just who you are. You should definitely be proud of yourself. You're an incredible woman, and you make me so proud to be to know you, and and you inspire me to push myself both physically and mentally often. So, I hope others have enjoyed your story as well. And um, for our listeners out there, if there's something that you're thinking about, do it. Just do it. Take the risk. Make the friends. Say yes to the job or quit the job, you know, whatever it might be. Take the risk. Those things are relevant. Climb that mountain. (laughs) Summit it. For those of us listening, well, by the time this airs, it'll be old news, but I just quit my job and Grace just got a job. Yay. (laughs) (laughs) It's going to be old. Both things they're not sure about, but we'll figure it out. (laughs) By the time this airs, we'll be very confident in our decisions. We can I hope so. manifest that. I'm manifesting that. But what matters is it. you guys You guys took the risk. So that's what matters. Yes. yes. There you go. There you go. Yeah. So go, everybody, go out there, do something risky, not too risky. And don't blame us if it goes poorly. But um, thanks for joining us for another episode of Laws and Grace. And we will see you next week. 